Hello everybody, it's that time of year again, the NPL competition is back here in Queensland. That means it's time for the Brisbane Football Review NPL Season Preview Spectacular. Coming to you this year in four parts because, well, there's just a whole lot to cover. My name's James Coghlan, I'm the host of the show. I'm joined by Adam Pace and Scott Owen, as you may know from the Brisbane Football Review NPL Sunday Spectaculars. Or at least, uh, as long as I'm not overselling it. Right, Scott? We'll have to change the name to that now, I reckon. That's (laughs) That's right. If you are just tuning in for the first time, we're three football fans with far too much time on our hands uh, who watch a lot of NPL football here in Queensland, all available on the NPL TV app, some of which might be accompanied by a fairly familiar voice if you're a regular listener of the podcast. And Scott, before you get in with a joke about muting the games that I commentate on, I'll go into the plugs. We've got... Uh, Facebook, you can find live coverage of select NPL matches on the Raw Review on Facebook. We're still working on changing that name over to Brisbane Football Review, but, well, there's some other stuff going on with Facebook at the moment. Twitter. A little on negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter, at BNE Football, and yeah, you guys get out to a match just about every weekend and cover those matches and whatnot. I can't really cover and commentate at the same time because, well, I'm not, not that talented. You're a contributor. Occasionally. <laughs> so, we're here at this time of year again. Adam, it's been, what, I think three days of off-season before we had to start preparing for this show? It felt it felt like that. It's uh, shortest off-season ever. But, uh, look, I, I can't wait. Uh, it's, like I said, we it was probably the biggest season, start of the season last season with a lot of um, visitors from NPL Victoria. And uh, from what we hear, that it, NPL Victoria is back. So a lot of players have migrated back down south again. But still, that's not going to affect the quality of this competition. Because I think, you know, with even though those players have departed, I still think there's going to be a lot of competition. I think this this league, I think, will be competitive all the way through. And it's good to see Victoria continuing their policy of not actually producing their own players for any of their NPL teams whatsoever, given how many players have moved down there. We might talk about that later. Yes, if this is, of course, if you are listening, of course, from Victoria, this is a fantastic podcast to listen to. <laughs> to try and discover the uh, players that your club will be signing probably in the next 12 <laughs> to 24 months. They certainly got a good usage out of the NPL TV app, I reckon, yeah. most of those Victorian clubs, given how many players have moved down there. Absolutely. It's a good opportunity for them, though, we have to be fair. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You don't begrudge the players for going down and making sure that they're financially secure. But also, as well, it is fun for us to make fun of, because let's be honest, you know, same as with Melbourne victory in the A-League, wouldn't be anything without Queenslanders. Okay, so now that we've offended basically one state, uh, we'll see... We'll move on to New South Wales. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right. Well, we will quickly uh, touch on last season for the uh, NPL men's competition. Um, Yeah, it did finish with Lions winning the grand final over Olympic, a third straight grand final defeat for Ben Khan and Olympic FC. They try and just break down that final hurdle uh, for the Yeronga-based club. Top four finished Penn Power. They were the premiers. Gold Coast Knights also enjoyed a fairly impressive season considering they parted ways with coach Gray Piddick during the season and Lions finished in fourth place but got hot at the right time. They did get hot at the right time. 
Uh, then also, yeah, Morton Bay, fifth place. Brisbane Raw, the under-23 side, I think that's what they officially are. Uh, Brisbane Raw Academy is the official name. Yes, but... It, okay, it's an under-23 side. Yeah. Um, East and Brisbane Strikers, followed by Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Redlands United. Gold Coast United finished in 11th, which, all things considered, fairly disappointing for them. Capalaba, uh was... Just survived the drop on a tiebreaker, which we will touch on yeah. later on. Uh, Brisbane City finished in 13th place yeah. and were relegated, while Mackay, which Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United FC, that one's for Vince Rigari, um, they finished, uh, they actually didn't take part in the competition after the COVID hiatus because, well, it sounds like just it wasn't practical for them to participate okay. coming down for all the forecast midweek matches. Yeah, I think they played the first six rounds and they then the whole league shut down for three months. It was a year like no other. And it's just it was just impractical for Magpies case, but they're back and it's great to have James a regional component to the MPL Queensland. Definitely. And look, I, I do just want to mention, yeah, like the powers that be deserve so much credit for not only delivering a season last in twenty twenty, but a complete season as well. Like there was no Matches cancelled. No clubs are forced to, you know, miss three weeks because of COVID issues or anything. They were able to play out the season, and that says a lot, I think, for the organisation. Yeah, look, and I think also as well, I think the way that the that the game was showcased as well in the state, the top top level as well, and I include the top levels of uh, FQPL as well, and and the uh, MPL women's, and then culminating with the. Um, the uh, state versus state series at the end. I think you know football Queensland have done a um, a wonderful job you know of, of showcasing. It. And look, yeah. I think the lessons I've learned from that push forward into what is going to be a very exciting 2021 season. Yeah, you're right, James. Those games do feel like about a week and a half ago, don't they? Those <laughs> state versus state games. It always feels like yesterday we were standing around at Parc de Paris after that finally wrapped up, saying, "Thank goodness the season's finally done." Yeah, now because it was a very it was great football to watch, but it was a very very long season. I think everybody associated with it, including us, Espe- was grateful for a bit of a break. Especially when it's the three of us who do cover this in our own spare <laughs> yeah. time. We don't get paid for this. We'd like to if anyone's willing to sponsor the NPL podcast or our regular <laughs> Brisbane Football Review show. And after that shameless begging, um, we'll just uh, tell you what's to come in our NPL season uh, preview spectacular. It's going to be a four-part show, as a four-part series I think is what we've agreed on. Yep. Part one, we're going to run through all 14 NPL men's clubs competing in Queensland this season, give our thoughts on the transfers and everything. Part two, now, this wouldn't have been possible with a bit of help from Football Queensland's media department and the clubs themselves. It's going to be a whole lot of interviews with uh, the clubs who have been very, very cooperative, and we do appreciate them getting on board and trying to showcase what they'll have to offer this coming season. Part three... NPL Women's Season Preview Spectacular. We're going to run through the 17 clubs, if my maths is correct, that are taking part in that competition as well. And that will also feature interviews from the clubs that we've been able to secure interviews with. And then part four will be the preview of the lower divisions, the Football Queensland Premier League 1 and 2. Yeah, we should mention the MPLW preview and the FQPL, FQPL 2 preview will be out a bit later, given that those seasons do kick off a couple of weeks from, from now. You couldn't have just waited for me to say that, could you? I didn't trust that you would say it. That's the thing. Look, just because I've got a history of concussions and occasionally forget what I'm doing, I really shouldn't be saying this. When I've just said, by the way, I commentate on live football (laughs) matches. But anyway, yes. So uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, Facebook, The Raw Review, we're still working on changing that name. Twitter, at BNE Football. 
email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Our podcast is available on Wooshka, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and also the A-League Live app as well. So that's a recent development. And yeah, always happy to have new listeners on board and hopefully they don't find me too unbearable and smug, I think, is the feedback I've got. It's a big club that's in that has that opinion, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I yes I know quite a few people that might say that. Some of whom might be ex-girlfriends. Anyway, let's move on. Um, segment one, we are going to talk about the top four from last season. Lead off with the clubs that we've got quite a lot to talk about. And why don't we start off with last season's premiers, Peninsula Power? It was a fantastic season for them last year. They, I'd say, put together a very, very strong side and, you know, were deserved uh, Premiers finishing with 58 points from 24 games. They drew one, lost four. And overall, it was a very solid squad that just couldn't quite fire in their semi-final loss to Lions FC. No, it was very, very clear, however, that they were prioritising the Premierships given the way that they celebrated that very, very much a couple of weeks in a row. They celebrated one at Acapalabar, Celebrated there, then had a home game in the final round of the regular season where they picked up the trophy and they celebrated once again. But it was a great season for them, and I think they're going to be even stronger again this year. This is, it's, they've had a pretty good preseason, I think, across the board. They had a slip up against the Raw at the weekend, but again, there's a couple of changes, but in general, they look like they're going to be incredibly strong once again. We'll talk about the changes in a minute, James, but the pieces seem to fit together for them once again. I think they're going to be. Really, really strong once again. They've got Sam Cronin back as well, who missed. Who's obviously had a fair, fairly unlucky run with injuries, but when he's healthy, he's one of, if not the best player in the NPL, and they should have him back this year. So that's another boost for him. From memory, he scored four goals in the opening round, which was then wiped from the record, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It's sort of, uh, it wasn't really the greatest season for Sam Cronin, but look, when he's when he's fit and healthy, he is such a um, He's just such a talisman for uh, potential power. But look, I think as well, their recruiting has been very, very good. Um, with uh, they've, they've signed pretty much uh, the the, the uh, spine from Brisbane Strikers <laughs> over the past yeah. few years, and their and their success being goalkeeper Brendan White, yeah. defender Michael McGowan, um, and uh, midfielder Jared. Uh, so Jake McLean. Yeah, and that is a very strong thing. The bit of recruitment that I think they've got to be the most happy with, though, is getting Andy Pengelly back. Obviously, he returned yeah. from Singapore after the COVID hiatus. Yeah. And like he was signed with the club before uh, going over to play for Home United, I think it was called. Uh, I think they called Lion City Sailors, he says. But yes, yeah, either way, signed yeah, for same a team. professional club yeah. in Singapore, uh, and then came back. Struggled a little bit with injuries and didn't quite yeah. reach the heights that we've seen him do in the past, but... Yeah. Honestly, it's a fairly formidable side all over the park, and if they're not premiership favourites, they've certainly got to be in the mix. They certainly have. You just look at all these pieces, they all fit in perfectly. You can just see how Michael McGowan and Matt Boyd would fit into that back line seamlessly. Matt Boyd's played for Peninsula Power previously. You can see how they would fit in. And look, Jake McLean's as good a replacement as you're going to find for Tom Strickland, who's moved down to MPL Victoria, the first of many we'll talk about. But to the one that I actually think really does take him to the next level is Xander Guy coming in in place of Marek Madley because having Madley and Pengeli was really good, but they're both central strikers to me. And Xander Guy gives them something a bit different in terms of having another threat from the wide areas. And I think he's going to take them to another level once again. You have him on one side, Brenton Fox or Josh Woolley on the other. It's a formidable 
sort of options in that front third now, and and the pieces seem to fit a lot better. So I think I agree with you. They're going to be right there once again. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like every departure has been addressed in every possible way. Obviously, Jay Greasby, who's been a mainstay goalkeeper as yeah. well, he's been replaced by Brendan White. I, I honestly think, yeah, there's not a lot to dislike about the squad that Penn Power have assembled as well. So, overall, yeah, I think they're going to be really, really strong and they are going to have a big target on their backs as well. And that's going to be probably the key is how they handle probably getting a lot of clubs' best efforts week in, week out. I've got to say that I think the side is also built with, um, I think, a couple of fronts in mind. I think that not only that, you know, is the MP- retaining the MPL Premiership as a priority, but I think, you know, going deep, not only as far as qualifying for the National Round 32, but actually to make a decent run. I think that's why it's... Because like I said, there's a, it's not only... It's not just a case of, oh, we just want... 11 great players. This is a squad built. And I think um, Aaron Phillip and Ben Ryan, I think they do a lot of rotating and sort of a lot. And there's a lot of sort of, you know, almost the two two positions for, there are two players for every position almost um, to, to follow on multiple fronts. So I think Pinchel Power, I think while the Premiership will be a priority, I think, you know, going as deep as they can, you know, sort of in the Cups, be it, you know, perhaps trying to win a grand final or, you know, an FFA Cup, I think it's high on the priority as well because I think, yeah, um, as much as the Premiership last season was great, I think there might be a tinge of disappointment that they uh, they couldn't finish it off and, you know, complete the double. I just think the disappointment for them was having seen what Lions had done in the NPL final series to not get the opportunity to compete in that competition. Obviously, we know that that was completely cancelled for obvious reasons. So I think they were disappointed not to be able to compete in that. So yes, well, the Premiership was really good. I think they've got that unfinished business on the national stage in, yes, the FFA Cup, but also I think they want a really good crack at the national final series as well. Yeah, definitely. And look, it's something that we've talked about on our regular uh, Brisbane Football Review show quite a lot. Talking about ambitions for some of these NPL clubs as well, you get the feeling Penn Power would be eyeing off uh, building a solid platform in the event of the National Second Division coming through. So that is something that they're probably also working towards as well. All right, so that was Peninsula Power. Let's move on to last season's grand final winners, Lions FC. Now, I heard I heard about my prediction on Lions last season, thinking that the loss of Warren Moon would impact them, and... Well, it kind of did. They had a horribly disappointing season by their standards. They finished fourth on the ladder <laughs> and still won the grand final. So I've learned don't count out Lions. Yeah, that's very much a clear <laughs> path there. And they've lost a couple of players who might make you count them out again. They've lost Mitch and Henry Hall down to Victoria. So maybe people might be counting them out once again. But I still think it's a really, really strong squad. And, the, and Lions have shown over the history in the NPL. If they need to go out and get somebody, they'll go get a player. So if there is an issue at some point, I think they'll be able to get them. But... Once again, they've got a really, really strong... So they had a couple of players, young Max McKillop from Wolves, but it's the core of a side which has been together for the last three years, and I still think they're going to be incredibly, incredibly strong. And now we should point out, we're working off the information that's been made available to us on the 23rd of February, so by the time you're listening to this, there could be a few more signings announced, which may or may not change a little bit of our opinions, but we should say... At the moment, we are yeah. working off what's been made available through the club's social accounts and whatnot as well. But yeah, I love that pickup of Max Mickler, yeah. though. Like, I saw him play for Wolves in the FQPL last year, and he was head and shoulders the best player on that team as well. He's dynamic, he's exciting, and he will bring... You just, can see where he fits in, can't you? Yeah, and he will bring that element of unpredictability as well to that side where 
I think the goal that he scored against Logan mm. in that October game as well. Go check it out on MPL TV if you get the chance. That was just unbelievable. He struck it, and it was almost like watching um, Mick Malloy's uh, what is it? The thing in uh, Cracker Jack, oh. <laughs> where the, he made the lawn bowl go both ways, and it was just one of those beautifully hit strikes that um, left Matt Lugo, the Logan keeper, just stunned. So get the feeling Lugo may not be too keen on seeing Mikula in the NPL this season. He won't be watching it on NPL TV, that's for sure. They do get Sean Carlos back as well, who missed out with injury last year. He so tore his ACL very early. I think he tore it um, possibly in training for the resumption. Yeah. So, I mean, they've, they've got him back as well. They're still going to be incredibly strong, even without a couple of players. And they're another club who will have, amb- have an eye on national stage ambitions as well. Yeah, look, also as well, I think um, they've also lost a couple of players to Brisbane Raw and uh, Danny Kim, even though we haven't seen him for Kim for a while in that squad, so I'm not sure where he lies, but someone who has been featuring in the match day squads is Josh Brindle-South, who will who I don't think will be back anytime soon for Lions. So it'll be how they replace that. But obviously they've got a couple of good young players coming through, like Anoa McGrath, like a Fletcher McDonald, that can probably fill in that void. So I wouldn't be, even though there's some big names they've lost as far as their squad from last season, that grand final winning um, squad, I still think that their replacements are good enough that they will be you know, deep in the hunt. I talked about the two couple of guys who have left. The one I haven't talked about is Nathan Reardon, who is obviously an incredible stalwart for Lions and scored the winning goal. He did. He knows how to score in a grand final because he's two for two in grand finals, and he's the sort of player who fills in wherever you need him. And I think if they do have injuries this year, that's when they're going to really, really miss him because he was such a reliable player for them. You could put him at the back, no dramas, play him in midfield, same thing. So I think he's an understated loss for them. Uh, the, the one question I do have as well, and I'd love to ask um, Nathan Reardon's partner this, if Lions have an injury crisis, is he going to... <laughs> because, like, that's one of the fun parts yeah. of going to Lions Stadium is, like, the media yeah. deck has some of the players' uh, families up there, so I would love to know... Uh, I'd love to get a behind-the-scenes thing if he's going to get the itch to play at any point this season. You might have to ask that question. Well, to be fair, Warren Moon was playing as long as, <laughs> as recently as 2018, from memory, in a couple of cup ties for... For Lions, so who knows? You never know. I remember, yeah, him subbing himself on for a, pen- a penalty shootout from memory yeah. as well. But yeah, look, I, I do think as well, it, it is a testament to this structure that they've got there at Lions where Darren Syme just comes in, takes over, and okay, there were a few hiccups, but they re- like, they're like a side that just knows how to get the job done. And because you've got the guys that have been there for so long, it's really hard to write them off. It absolutely is hard to write them off. You just can't write them off. We saw last year, a lot of people did. When they lost the Gold Coast yep. Knights, you're raising your hand, but you're not the only one who did. And they lost the Gold Coast Knights down there late in the season, a really good game. And it was at that point they pretty clearly decided it's time to focus on the finals. We're not going to win the Premiership. And I think they just very, very quietly went under the radar because they flipped the switch in seven days because they went to Peninsula Power the final round of the regular season, James. And lost and looked pretty average. A week yeah. later, they're playing basically back at their best. So you can never write them off. Definitely. All right, that is Lions. We're going to move on now. We're trying to keep this as brief as possible because as much as we could probably ramble on for 20 minutes, half an hour about quite a few of these clubs. No one wants to hear that. Yeah, we're trying to keep this going because, of course, we will have interviews as well to try and fit in. Let's go on to the defeated grand finalists, Olympic FC. And look, I don't know how much more we can really say about this side other than what yeah? What more have they got to do to get over that hump? Because three straight grand finals, 
They've had their chances in every single fixture. And look, they, they did feel a bit hard done by with some of the calls or non-calls in that grand final. But it's just a case of oh so close, but not quite there. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one um, that I think eventually. Look, we know this 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 squad. We know we know Ben Khan himself. Like, so they are a very very good team. You know, they they are they play consistently. You know, across the board, up there with Lions, probably the best teams in in uh, in Queensland yeah. football. Um, and look, it's just it's just I think it comes down to luck. Um, it comes to sort of the being in the right place at the right time. They obviously can get there. It's just that last hole, like keep yeah. on clipping. And look, I think the squad they built this year, um, again, they've a couple of uh, big losses. Uh, no, uh, Tusker Sakia, who came who came in, he's gone back to Japan um, to try his hand at J2. Um, I read also as well. Um, we haven't heard yet on whether uh, Adrian Fedahajic and Corey Sewell are back yet. That that has sort of that snore here or there at this point at time recording but of the, who they have brought in um, the Bruins have experience with um, Zach Anderson and um, Saka Cernak who have both had A-League experience so obviously you, you put them with the big re-signings of the likes of Jez Lofthouse Daniel Leck uh, Stephen White who are critical to that side look they are going to be you know right up there as well and look I, I think this if everything goes to plan it could be it could be the year for them I think Fedahadjic has gone back to Victoria, unfortunately, where he was such a huge addition to that side defensively last year. They were having a couple of problems in the first six weeks of the season, having a lot of high-scoring matches, dropping points. He put an end to that with his defensive capability. So they, they will miss him, but Zach Hansen's a brilliant replacement for him. And the interesting one for them is no Casito for the first time ever in the NPL. I mean, he's been a stalwart for them at right back, and it's interesting to see how they're going to fill that hole. I know they brought in Lachlan Weir from... Brisbane City, but he's more a midfielder than he is a right back. I know they played him at right back at times. I mean, is he going to play there or is someone else going to play there? It's an interesting one, but they're still an unbelievable side. And it's again, you just they're the sort of team you don't write off. But if they're there on Grand Final Day once again, it just might finally turn for them. But because they've got the big game players there who can do a job for them, but you just wonder after three years in a row of getting there being so close, is there? mental fatigue of getting so close and not getting out of the line. It'd be an interesting one. I still think they're going to be right up there in contention, but can they get there a fourth time? We'll have to wait and see. Look, I'm going to be honest. I feel like at some point they are going to break through and get that thing, get that uh, grand final victory. It may be this year. It may be in a couple of years. The big thing for me is I just want to see the celebrations when they do break through because... Like, the disappointment of the last three years was that they lost to Lions in 2018 at Lions Stadium. That was that went to extra time. Yep. Yep. Um, then they lost to Gold Coast Knights, where they just couldn't break down the Great Wall of Carrara. The ten-man Gold Coast Knights. Ten man, yeah. And then last year, just having so many chances to get by, um, get by Lions again in what was a pretty yeah. phenomenal conclusion to the NPL yeah. season with that doubleheader at Parc de Paris. And apologies to Ben Kahn, Steve White, and the entire Olympic squad if they are listening to this. I'm sure they're loving going through all this revisionist history. <laughs> well, you mentioned um, one possible way. If they are listening, I do have some advice for Ben Kahn. Please don't play Daniel Leckett right back. He is so much better no. further forward. Like, look, Well, we do remember Leck basically being forced to fill in at right back for the Brisbane Roar. Yeah when there was nobody else there. And look, I will give him all sorts of credit for filling in at right back, but we saw in NPL last season when he broke through, I think he was a mid-season addition for Olympic. How good was he like for that side? And 
obviously, Jez Lofthouse is going to get a lot of headlines, but Leck is the sort of player that I feel like can make the real difference. He is, and he actually did make a difference in a lot of games last year for Olympic, and I don't think you'll see him at right back because they started to convert him into actually being a number nine, running through the middle, using his pace in areas like that. So I think that's more where he's going to play, and he's the big X factor for that side, because there's no real out-and-out goal-scoring number nine that you look at in that side. Tasku Sakir was that player last year. He's moved on. Yinkika Hinde doesn't really fill that role. He fills a different role for them. So it's going to be Daniel Leck as the the bleeding goal scorer for Olympics. So I think you're safe, James. You won't see him at right back. Yeah. But and also, sorry, one more point about Olympic as well from, from my point of view. Um, is, is, it time, is, is Shannon Brady, who signed there, is it his last chance? No, I think that you know, if, he can, if he can't find you know what brought him to Brisbane Raw, I think, yeah, this, this is this is last chance saloon for him, so he needs to step up. And look, it's, it's, for, you know, for a club like Olympic, you know, look, he, he could he could be that missing link, but um, yeah, he, he has to somehow turn back the, the years and go back to what worked for him because, um, yeah, I can't see too many, you know, top clubs and Queensland continue to persist with him if he can't perform. Definitely. And on that as well, like, just looking at some of the players that, um, like, uh, Olympic are going to have in their squad. Just attacking-wise, yeah. they've got a phenomenal, I would say, starting four. You've got Steve White, Jez Lofthouse, Leck, and uh, Costa Pissaros as well. He scored yeah. in a preseason. season There's Cernak in the midfield there somewhere as well, so it's unbelievable. Yeah. And, Depth but, in those attacking areas at front six. And that's the thing. Like, if you're a player like Shannon Brady or someone who is looking for that right fit, this could be the perfect spot for you because, let's be honest, like... There's not much more we can say about Jez Lofthouse that we haven't said over the last few years. It, like He's going to draw a lot of attention, and if you are one of those, with all due respect, second-choice attackers, you're going to have plenty of chances. Yeah, yeah like, like Yehinde, but um, also as well, the player that we, that seems to always go under the radar, but is so important to, I know Scott's agreeing with me on this, is so important to Olympic side is Phil Lasm. I think he is such an unrated, underrated player, but he is so valuable to Olympic. Um, and look, I, I expect nothing less than having another you know, great season from him. Yeah. And I think with his, if he plays well, Olympic is successful. Most hot midfielders are underrated, but he is incredibly underrated. Terrific player. Definitely. All right. Three clubs down. Let's move on to the other finalist from last year, and it is the 2019 NPL Queensland champions, Gold Coast Knights. And look, uh, despite all the overhaul going on there with the departure of uh, Gray Piddick in late August, I believe, after a loss to Sunshine Coast Wanderers, Adam Porrick did a really good job just steadying that ship and just building on that side. And they had some just absolutely phenomenal performances as well. I remember there was a game they played against Brisbane Strikers where I'm trying to remember the, which defender got sent off. It might have been uh, it was one of the extra all defenders. Might have been Emma Wellsmore. Wellsmore. Yeah, yeah, Wellsmore got sent off, and you wouldn't have known Gold Coast were down to ten. They just kept going for it. You know, went hell for leather, and really, it's a good a good sign for that side. They have lost a few key players, so uh, Harry Sawyer, Paul O'Brien, Oscar Dillon, and Jared Kyle. Although. Jared Kyle was the player that got sent off in that 2019 grand final as well. But so, like Sawyer's uh, left big boots to fill for what, who we think is the uh, possible replacement. Yes, we believe Marek Badley is there. He apparently was playing in the um, preseason challenge, I think it's called, the tournament that they, the Knights run. So he played for Gold Coast in those games at Peninsula Power. So, oh, Gold Coast United, Gold Coast Knights, speaking your pardon. So he played for them there. And that would 
that would be a really good like-for-like -like swap, wouldn't it, James? They're both big, strong target men, and you can see how it can work down there for him. They've got a lot of creative wingers who will get the service into him, and we've seen at Lions and Holland Park before that, if you get the service to Mark Madley, you're going to get goals out of him. Yeah, and that's the thing that he will bring to that side. He will fill in that uh, silver lining, like that big, strong striker that we know Gold Coast Knights love to, love to try and deploy. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. what he'll bring to that side as well. But it's a bit of guesswork with the with the Gold Coast Knights because they haven't exactly announced too much on social media to date. But there's, we have we expect the majority of that squad will stay together. Yes, and that's a really good um, that's a really good thing as well for Gold Coast Knights. Is they've got those two um, really good fullbacks in uh, Matt Schmidt and and uh, Jaden Walker. Jaden Walker, thank you very much. And actually, I did just get uh, confirmation from Marek that he's playing with Gold Coast Knights. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and, yeah, I think there's that's a really good squad. And they do have that side that is going to be really solid at the back. And that's really, when it comes to these sort of knockout ties, um, yeah, that's what you're going to need. Look, I think also as well, Gold Coast Knights, I think the, what, what's more telling is also uh, who they've retained as well, as the, well, at least what we know publicly. And now I think that, that midfield of, you know... Well, Midfield slash you know, defending, you know, with Roman Hoffman, Max Brown, and Mitch Nichols. I think yeah. with those three still there, I still think that this is a quality team. I think they will, so they will be, you know, you know, chasing finals uh, football and, and silverware. Now, even if they have lost a few players, um, like as you said, Harry Sawyer, he was catching fire like no other at the back end of the season. And that those those goals are going to be very, very hard to replace, you know, looking with all yeah. due respect to Marek Madley, you know. and But he is a capable player. But I think um, what the key to Gold Coast Knots is keeping that midfield together, you know, Max Brown, you know, and uh, Mitch Nichols and Roman Hoffman. I think they're going to be crucial. I think they need to put Roman Hoffman back in the midfield as well. Now they've experimented with him in defence, but he is, he's a really good holding midfielder and... Harry Sawyer was never going to stick around, let's be honest. No, no. He was always going to go back down to Victoria, and we know he's gone to South Melbourne, and he'll probably do really well for them. And Oscar Dillon's down there as well, so we know. So there's a couple of losses, but that's, they still had a lot of defensive depth last year anyway at Gold Coast Knights. So I don't think as good a player as Oscar Dillon is, and we know he's at his best. He's one of the best but in the MPL, but they've still got plenty of cover. Yeah, and that was the one thing that I do feel like Knights maybe struggled with last year, was just they had too much depth at the back. They just couldn't really get themselves settled on who was best suited to play with whom and all of that. So, look, again, Knights are going to be back there or thereabouts and going to be a very tough out. And also, I think it's I think it's important for Adam Porridge as well. It's now his team. It's not Gray Pittick's team that he um, that he uh, inherited. So I think that's also what we're going to see. I think Adam Porridge and his staff, I think they're going to put their mark on what, how they want to play it. Yeah. You know, if this season, that I think that'll be an interesting story in itself. Definitely. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Now, as mentioned earlier on, uh, we are going to be releasing part two of this and it's going to be feature interviews from all the clubs we're talking about. So we're going to have some highlights for you right now of uh, the clubs that we've uh, just spoken about and we'll be back right after this on the Brisbane Football Review. Forward, uh, Andy Pengelly. Uh, Power coming in as the defending premiers. Will it be a different approach going, going from being the hunter to the hunted? Um, it could be. I think, you know, obviously we did really well last year, but um, there are a couple of teams or a fair few teams that could win it again. So I don't think uh, we're, we're favourites by any means. I think we will give it a, red, a, good, a good crack and um, 
yeah, we'll see where we're at at the end of the season. But um, I don't think we're the hunted. I think there are a few teams that could win it. Um, but yeah, we are one of them for sure, I think. Absolutely. Seen a few results in the preseason. How's the side going ahead of round one? Yeah, it's good. Um, the team's good. Look, we, we don't really focus on results in preseason. It's um, we're, we're quite um, quite set on how we how we apply uh, minutes to every player, and, and the priority is making sure that we come into round one with you know eighteen to twenty players fully ready for ninety minutes, so we've got a full squad to select from. All right, we're back on our NPL season preview spectacular part one segment. Two, I'll find a better way to come back for segment three, I promise you that. It's James Scott and Adam here as we're running through the 14 clubs that are competing in the NPL men's competition here in 2021. We're going to run through our next batch of teams, starting with Moreton Bay United. And look, the best way I can sum this up, Royce Brownlee's built quite a strong squad there that I honestly feel like they... They surprised many last year to surge up the ladder for a fifth-place finish. Particularly given how many players are unavailable for such a long period of time. They did an unbelievable job, and they've strengthened unbelievably once. You look at some of the players that they've brought in. James might read through them in a minute, but seriously, the depth they're going to have this year is probably... I think it's probably one of the most strongest squads in the competition. And you look at some of the players they've got, they're all quite versatile. Chris Marr they've brought in. He can play in midfield. He can play at right back. They've got... Got um, um, Matt Heath who can play. Who's going to play midfielders? Who's going to play up front? You've, there's a whole host of them you can just go through. Where are they going to line up? It, they've got such versatility in what they can do. They're going to be able to line up in so many different ways. I think they're. I think they're going to be. Uh, they were great fun to watch last year. I think they're going to go to another level once again this year. Yeah. Look, um, I've got sort of a point of disclaimer that you know, obviously, uh, big fan of Morton Bay. As the mayor of the region. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, but uh, look, I'll try and sort of be as objective as possible on this. And look, yeah. I still think that you know they they have assembled a very very good team. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a shame that uh, Jackson Courtney Perkins, who I thought yeah. was probably their star player last season, amongst a host of stars, so it must be said, uh, he he's moved on to MPL Victoria. Um, but I think Coach Royce Brownlee sort of knew for a while that you know he was going to go, especially he was trying for A League clubs you know prior to the season. But I think the replacements as well. I think you look at um, something players they brought Rio they brought in Rio Ono who was pretty much you know probably Kapalabar's you know you know sort of you know, attacking it, sort of you know easily their best player yeah. yeah he he's he's gonna you know link up with yeah. you know players like a Lyndon Farr and M and Emron, you know, Donnelly Fagan in that midfield, and Alex Janowski. So yeah. they're going to be a great midfield. Um, also, as well, Joe Scott, who yeah. impressed in that in the grand final for Thunder. He's moved down the range and he's playing at Morton Bay. So I think um, there's plenty of depth inside, plenty of competition of places. And then you look at you know, some of their um, some of their younger players as well, like uh, Zach Kierpal, who's you know, scoring scoring a few goals just even this preseason, yeah. the Intercity Cup preseason tournament. He, he he scored a few goals. So I think this is a side that yeah. you know. To see them anywhere outside, you know, not either matching or getting into the breaking through the top four, I think it might be disappointing for them all being yeah. well. Defensively, they're also strong as well. They've got Taylor Walkinshaw back mm. down from Sunshine Coast Wanderers. I think they signed Sam, Sam Knight in the last well. week as well. So there's two really experienced defenders who are going to add even more depth to that area of the field. They already had a whole bunch of options. The interesting thing will now be Declan Smith was so good last year as a centre-back for Morton Bay. He made both Adam and my MPL teams of the season. Is he now going to be moving back in the front third where he could be incredibly effective with 
with the options around him there? Is he going to be a defender or is he just going to be a complete wild card where he plays wherever required? Because that's a real, that's a real question. About. I talked about the versatility that Royce Brownlee has got. That's one of the biggest decisions that he has to make. Is, is Declan Smith now a defender or is he going back up front? I think he's better up front as a someone who could cause a problem up there and you could fill in at the back where required. But to me, it's it's an unbelievable... Either way, it's an unbelievable option to have. I can guarantee one thing, though. Uh, Declan Smith is going to be far better than the last player I saw build as a defender slash forward, and that was Aaron Amati <laughs> Holloway. <laughs> I was going to say... <laughs> top that. Um, yeah, but the, I guess um, as well, uh, with, with Reese, uh, Reese Gwynn Jones resigning as well, like... It, it, he he's who was missing for a large part of the season as well, and pretty much who Declan Smith replaced yeah. um, as a long-term option. I think with him back, it's yeah, it's going to be fascinating how um, our Royce Brownlee sort of yeah. you know moves his pieces around because I think a lot, like, a bit like potential power. It's almost like you know two quality yeah. players very position. I think it's going to be yeah. fun seeing that. And to be honest, I can't wait for the um, for the uh, Morton Bay Derby. Yeah, that's going to be yeah. a huge game. It will be. I think this is the team most. Most of the thing is going to be if there's going to be anyone breaking into the top four, this is going to be the one, isn't it? With the depth that they've got, the talent that they've got, if someone's going to break into the top four, it's going to be Morton Bay, surely. I uh, yeah, and that's the one thing we also know about uh, Royce Brownlee as well. He'll happily yeah. tell his side, "Screw it, go attack." Yeah. Like he, he will back his players to really go and make a difference yeah. as it, uh, in a game. And you know, if they do need to chase down goals, they've got the players that will let them do that. All right. That's Morton Bay. Let's move on to, well, the Brisbane Rural Academy side, coached by Chris Grossman. And there's been a few changes with this side. Um, Kite Paldo's departed. Jack Wachowski's gone to the Wanderers Academy. Macklin Freak... That'd be Western Sydney Wanderers Academy. Yes, I beg your pardon. Thank you, Scott. Uh, Macklin Freak is now the backup for Jamie Young and has already played a couple of A-League matches this season. Um, Chris Morseray, who I saw playing for Gregory Terrace as well. He's a phenomenal left-sided player. Uh, he, he's gone to Brisbane City. Liam MacArthur's gone to Rochdale Rovers, and Oliver Plusson has gone to Club To Be Confirmed. So a few departures, but they have brought on a few good players themselves as well, though. Yeah, this is what you expect with the Brisbane Raw youth players. Just the move players on, it's just what they do. They're all about player development. And some of those players did quite well, but they weren't going to get into the A-League squad, which is what it's all about for them. They, to your point, they have brought in a couple of players. Reese Gray was one of the highlights for Brisbane City Another terrorist last product. year. Absolutely, someone James has commented on a few times in the GPS, so you know him quite well. James Jackson Hart Phillips from Redlands as well, who's incredibly experienced despite being a very young player there. So there's a couple of good players brought in, but to me it's about the young players they've got in the squad already that we haven't seen too much from so far. At the back, you're talking about Jackson Simpkin. He's a player who's been to a World Cup for New Zealand. I think he's in for a big season. In the front third, there's there's three guys there who we're, we're all quite big fans of with Josh Moreland, Solomon Weldemariam, and Cyrus Demi. Those three players, if they're all fit and healthy, should be hugely entertaining players to watch for the Brisbane Royal Academy this year. And look, I will point out, if you want to know just what uh, Solomon Weldemariam actually has to offer, go check out on the Double Take... Sports Facebook page as well. It was, for all intents and purposes, a de facto grand final between Terrace and the Southport School. Yeah. Terrace found themselves in a huge hole, and he basically just took over and got his side back into the match. Ultimately, they fell short, but it was a phenomenal like display for a young striker as well. And he's going to be one of those players that is going to have quite a lot to 
offer going forward. Um, and yeah, Cyrus Demi as well is another talented youngster who I yeah. believe is graduated from Warren Moon's former employer, Churchy. Yeah, and this, I think also as well we're saying Morton Bay um, might be you know, a like a contender to probably break that monopoly of the top four that we spoke about in segment one. But look, I think this Brisbane Raw Academy squad as well is probably they're probably on paper simple, probably one of the best of all time. I, I think you, you got you got players you know that. You know, basically have been in the system for a while now. The players have you know, been in the Raw Academy system yeah. for a while. They're finally graduating up to MPL. And, you know, this is, like I said, you know, when we're talking about players, well, we talk about, you know, defensively, we're talking about um, also an attack. But I'd be, I'm keen to see how Harry Talbot returns after his um, his knee injury. And I think, I think if he has a very strong season, I think this will probably be his last season in the Academy, only because I think he'll be, he'll be, playing with the senior squad, you know, in coming years. Um, also, as well, players like Eli, Eli Adams and Keegan Yelch, who are named in the academy, I don't know whether they will actually uh, feature in the MPL season. It all depends on Warren Moon and what they decide be in to and do. Out, won't they? But, they'll be in and out. Yeah, yeah, they'll be in and out. But even so, you take those players out, um, you, you still have the core of a very, very good team. So I think and as well, they, they were... They did pretty well at the um, preseason championship uh, over the last couple of weeks. Won won the final, which is unheard of for a Royal Academy side. Normally, it's um, normally they're sort of they're still building their team. I think Chris Grossman um, has really got the side going. I think they're going to be one to watch this season. Yeah, definitely. And one other player who I think is probably going to be not long for the Raw Academy is uh, defender Hashan Ramazani. Just yeah. he can play yes. pretty much all yeah. across the back four, and I think he's going to be someone that Warren Moon has earmarked for a role. Uh, yeah. for the A-League side down the line. Yeah, just quickly, I want to echo what Adam said about Harry Talbot. He was well and truly on the track to getting an opportunity in pre-season with the Raw at the very least before he did his ACL. So hopefully it's all going well in the recovery and we see him back on the field in the MPL soon. Definitely. All right. Uh, and that's actually the other point that we should mention as well uh, with the Raw. Their recruitment has not been limited to the playing squad <laughs> as well. They've also added Owen Baker and Jordan Manning. Yep. Both coaches with plenty of experience at NPL level as well, yep. so they'll be valuable assets for. I think Owen Baker's coaching that under twenty threes team, isn't it? The newly created, yeah. newly created competition this year. Yeah, which I'm guessing would possibly be made up of some of the younger. Yeah, you 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 yeah. will see a lot of those players named in their squad. Um, they'll be doubling up between the senior team and under twenty threes. I, I do believe um, that they're not going to be on the same day, so I'll have to I have to confirm that but uh, yeah I think the squad I think you're going to see a lot the, the players in the 23s as well so look I think yeah I think big times ahead for Raw Academy I think they're, they're actually there to win more than just you know be there for performance definitely and I suppose like for the Raw as well they basically have to justify why they're in the competition yeah. and look they can't just be showing up and getting belted around the park by players bigger stronger and more yeah. experienced than them and Look, for the most part, we've seen them hold their own. And last year, I do feel like, was a real change for this yeah. Raw side as well. Just their attitude towards this competition as well. They've always seen it as a, primarily something for development, but yeah. it is one that they can really you know, compete in as well, just purely because of the talent that they've amassed. Because this is now the fourth year of the academy, if I'm... Fourth yeah. or fifth. But you're right, you start to get stuck in a lot more last year. A couple of the games got a bit chippy where they were starting to really get physical and competitive with their oppositions, which is something we haven't seen too much of them in the past. Previously, it was about just playing football the right way and developing, but 
they're becoming a lot more competitive, and that's a great thing for the NPL. No, one final point is that they'll be playing all the games on the road this season. They don't have a home ground, so that's an uh, opportunity for um, plenty of people to actually see the Raw in action uh, at least twice against their chosen club. A couple of uh, stars of tomorrow, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Now, let's move on. East. They they were an interesting side last season as well. Yeah. There was a part of me which felt like they perhaps under-delivered, but then there was an, another part of me which felt like they were actually probably settling around their level. I think Is that about fair, Adam? Yeah, look, um, East were they... Uh, under Danny Wright last season, they were either red-hot or... They were very ordinary, and I think, I think um, with Graham Ross taking over, very very experienced um, coach at this level, I think we're going to find a consistency with East. So I think they've, they've assembled again a, a decent, a decent team. So I think, um, yeah, I think it's going to be sort of more of the same. I think, you know, I don't know if they if they've got enough weaponry to sort of challenge for that top four, but I certainly, I certainly think that you know if all goes well and that you know this side, this squad that they've assembled keeps together. Certainly, I think they'll be closer to the top than they would be in the bottom. Definitely. Well, yeah. one thing that was a huge issue for them last year was just... Uh, they, they were far too leaky at the back. 50 goals conceded in 24 matches. But such was the nature of the end, like close of the season with the relegation race. They finished on 29 points, 9 clear of uh, Brisbane City. And they were then, therefore, like around the midpoint of the table in 7th place. Yeah. To me, they're an X factor. They could be a team that challenges for a final spot, or they could be a team which finds themselves in mid-table because they've got a really good squad. Adam mentioned they've got a great, great new coach in Graham Ross. Tremendous experience. Picked up Matt Richardson, who should help fully, mm. hopefully, fill in for some of those defensive-minded things that have went wrong last year. And up front, they've got a really lightning attack and with a whole bunch of different options. I mean, Ben Njai, Alex Simmons are both in. It's, Alex it's, Simmons, sorry. Yeah, Alex Simmons, sorry, as well. But they've got. Yeah. They've also added Josh Pinn, who was playing for, playing in the UK, but formerly before that for Kansas in the old, that old team when they were in the competition. So they've got some experience in the squad, and they look like they're going to be a. That could be an X factor, but they have lost Anthony Polyak, who scored 12 goals for them in the second half of last season. So that'll be a tough, tough hole to fill. But they've got a lot of options to do so. Okay, I do just want to also mention uh, the. East game I saw yeah. against uh, Brisbane City in October. Yeah. First 80 minutes, not great, but Ante Poliak really brought the game to life with a spectacular <laughs> free kick. And then he got one up by Alex Simmons for the equaliser in stoppage time, who just, yeah, blasted in a bicycle yeah. kick, basically. I'm guessing he wanted, he must like Heath Park. Um, he might have got one up to get him replaced by him, who knows? <laughs> yeah, um, but also as well, um, Graham Ross, who formerly um, was at uh, Redlands before last season, for stepping away, uh, he's, he's brought a couple of uh, old Redlands players in, uh, Rob Rob Kramer and Godfrey DeBelli, who are both were both you know from the better players on that Redlands side. So, look, it's it's again they've assembled a um, a very yeah. very good side. And I, again, I think I think as I said before, they're going to be sort of you know there and about yeah. more sort of you know they might be able to challenge for finals if things go yeah. their way and other teams drop off. Um, but yeah, I think also as well they, um, I think they're good enough to I think stay out of trouble. Unlike last season, where for a lot of time they were actually you know in those relegation spots or close to it. I'll just echo what Adam said earlier about Phil Lazim in the last segment. James Hyunmin Son's exactly the same. Hyun mm. Son, sorry, he's an unbelievable holding midfielder. I think he's the captain there now, and he leads that side really well. So he's going to be another massive impact 
uh, play for them. Forgive me if I'm misremembering here, but I feel like he was in and out of that side last year as well. He was, but by the end of it, he was the captain. He also played yeah. for the Queensland and the state. But I mean, like side, with injuries. So, yeah. So, so he's another massive, massive... If they're going to achieve much this year, he's going to be a really important part of it. And also, we Abraham Yango as well. His combination with Alex Sims, that might be a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Yango is a, a very... He's a special player who can do you know, some incredible things. So him and Alex Simmons, that could be a very... That might be a decent you know, strike partnership to watch. Definitely. Okay, now we're going to move on to the fourth and final team from this segment. And, well, look, there's really no other way to describe it other than... The youth movement is in full effect at Parc de Paris with Brisbane Strikers, as they've just had departure after departure with not a whole lot of additions, as we're aware of at the moment, as we're still a week and a half away from the season commencing. But Owen Baker, the coach, has uh, left. Cooper McCormick has gone. Cade McDermott, Josip Milicevic, Ryan Palmer, Chris Maas, Scott Halliday, Jake McLean, Ollie Smith and Matthew Richardson all departed. That yeah, was... Michael McGowan. So and Brendan McGowan. White, Jake McLean. It's just... Yeah, it's an unbelievable hit to a side that, well, 18 months ago was in the NP, uh, FFA Cup semi-finals. Yeah, that's a that's a decent team that has departed, and we haven't seen much of what um, of what strikers are planning to put out. Obviously, uh, there'll be very, let's say, youth emphasis. Um, I think the one one in that we can confirm is a very very experienced coach in Jos Cosmina, who has been uh, working with Gregory Terrace. Yeah, so look. It's it's hard to know. I, I think. Yeah, look, I'd like to think that they might be in a bit of trouble as far as you know staying up. I think it's a it's a big risk to pretty much you know base your whole um, so team at the stage. And again, I we have to reiterate we haven't had much information as strikers about their squad as of the time recording. But yeah, if it is majority a young side, um, they're either it's either going to be red hot and they're going to try and and they've got to just wave off that momentum. But if they start losing games thick and fast, like they did last year, um, yeah, it might be a big hole there, especially with youth players. I do wonder if the overall strategy might change in terms of just massive, well, massive focus on youth, which look is a commendable strategy until you know they wind up possibly facing relegation and we've seen Brisbane City uh, go down this year and I honestly kind of feel like you need like we know Strikers isn't necessarily the most popular club in the NPL because of their like rel- relative history and whatnot but you really do need those clubs playing in the top flight so you kind of hope that their rumours of their demise might have been greatly exaggerated. Well particularly with Brisbane City no longer in the NPL you don't want to lose too many of your traditional powers but unless they're hiding some batch of recruits that we don't know about at the moment it looks like it might be heading in that direction for them it's all going to depend on the young players we think they still have like Will Corumbran who had a breakout year last year for a while Tay Jackson Nick Webb for a couple of young kids who it sounds like might still be there from their academy but if it's a full team of academy players there's only so much you can ask from I tell you, I, tell you I know what. the Brisbane Royal Academy do it they do it quite well but they tend to be able to cherry pick the best of the young players across the state in each age group, so it's a lot more difficult assuming when you're, you're not picking the best. Assuming your life thought that is predominantly a youth side, I'll tell you what, um, if they can somehow survive this, um, John Cosmino, Nacho Ferrer, the um, technical director, worth every cent that they're being paid, because that, that would be a monumental effort to keep those kids going, to get them, you know, motivated enough throughout a big, a long season to be able to, you know, 
to get through it and survive. Because it's going to be times where it's going to be, you know, it's going to be some rough results potentially. And again, like I said, we don't know exactly, you know, what their recruiting, what their squad's going to look like at the moment. But if from what all indications, what we've heard on the grapevine, it's going to be predominantly a youth setup. And um, yeah, I wish them luck. It's getting yeah. struggling in preseason as well when you hear about some of the results mm-hmm. that are happening. So. Yeah, big time reset year taking yeah. place with strikers because presumably, like under Owen Baker, they had some really good players. Obviously, Andy Pengelly, um, to name one. Yeah. And it does seem like this is perhaps a year where we might be seeing some of the financial realities of uh, coronavirus yeah. hitting a club like Brisbane Strikers, where the the money that they would have had coming through might not have been available to them this season. Absolutely, and that that FFA Cup run might have been the top of the hill for them. In terms of this run, I mean, they might now have to completely reset. To your point, yeah, I think yeah, exactly. And as we said, that that, that list of players that we so all those out, I said that is a very very good squad. And you uh, know, they and I guess in in uh, MPL, they I think they they squandered some opportunities. I think they underperformed. Oh, that probably was a side that probably would potentially could have broken that monopoly on the top four uh, when when Gold Coast Knights came in. Um, but yeah, look, let's see what they've got now as far as their um, youth, youth sort of stocks now. Definitely. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Um, and just another teaser for part two of our NPL season preview. Check out some of the highlights from our interviews with the clubs we've just spoken about. We'll be back after this. Joined by the head coach of Morton Bay United, Royce Brownlee. Is it safe to say that the goal of the, uh, of the club this season will be to break into that top four? Look, it's always a goal. Um... You know, for us, it's about developing young players and hopefully giving them opportunities to go on and be bigger and better players and, and potentially getting into the raw and um, going on and making a career of football. And to do that, you need to uh, push for the top four every year and give them the best opportunity and exposure to get there. All right, it's time for segment three on the Brisbane Football Review NPL season preview spectacular. It's James Scott and Adam here with you on this Tuesday evening, about a week and a half before the season gets underway. And very pleased to have you joining us wherever you're listening and well, looking forward to another fantastic season of football here in Queensland. This is the first of four parts of our Football Queensland season previews and it's quite a lot to get on with. So let's move on to the next club on our list, Sunshine Coast Wanderers. And for a while there, it looked like they were going to go down without too much of a fight, but they did rally in the post-COVID uh, return and actually managed to cause quite a few dramas for some of the more powerful clubs, including a big win over Gold Coast Knights. They did, and that set things in motion at, um, at the Croatian Sports Centre, as we know. But Gold, at Sunshine Coast Wanderers, sorry, they benefited largely from players coming from Victoria after the lockdown. I think Tyson Holmes and Mitch Cooper were two of the more outstanding players in the competition in the second half of the season. And I think their prospects depend on are they, are they still here or have they gone back to Victoria? I imagine... They've probably gone back down to Victoria, which would be a huge loss for them. But we don't know because we haven't heard too much out of Sunshine Coast to this point. So if they're if they're both there, James, that's the sort of side who can push quite up the table a bit because it'll be a full season of those two players. But otherwise, it's a, a bit of a struggle. I have picked up Christian Seski, however, and he should be a, he'll be a big boost to them defensively, along with Jacob Fuller up front. So they've added a couple of players, but the big question is: Are their two best players still in Queensland or not? Yeah, well, 55 goals conceded last season, and obviously, you know, it does come with a little bit of a caveat on when those goals came. But, you know, like, they gave up five to East, four to Olympic, four to Capalaba. Well, they, a lot of those goals did actually yeah. come before the shutdown, uh, before that happened. 
Four goals uh, conceded against Raw, four against Morton Bay, three against Penn Power, four against Palabar, six against Redlands United, and that was while Redlands were still amongst the stragglers. Yeah, um, yes, Sunshine Coast, I think, yeah, it's a case of um, if they can put it together and they, like, so they can sort of, yeah, obviously, as Scott said, you know, Christian Sevsky is a big signing. Um, Oliver Duncan and Jeremy Stewart, obviously, are, are, are yeah. huge retainments for them, but losing players such as, you know, Sam Knight and Taylor Walkinshaw, uh, that, that's two big losses for them. Um, I think defensively, you know, as far as their reliable players, uh, Brody Boyce is another one who's, who's made with the club, who's you know former Raw Academy product, um, who you know, he's he you know, he played very very well last season, and um, yeah, but I, I think it's a case of if they can sort of you know find a few more dependable players, uh, you know before the season starts and even during yeah. the season. Look, I think you know they might be able to sort of survive another season, but um, yeah, if they get a few injuries, especially to key players, they could be in a bit of trouble. They do have one of your favourite players on the books, by the sounds yeah. of it, Scott, as well, with uh, Ollie Duncan. Yes, they do. <laughs> do you want me to explain this again? No, I think uh, I think we'll just leave it at that. You're okay. a big fan of uh, Ollie Duncan from his Brisbane Raw Academy days. I was days. given some information which turned out to be slightly less than... <laughs> Try, trying to talk a player yeah. up. <laughs> it wasn't quite accurate. He's a very good player, though, Ollie Yes, Duncan. definitely. Um, but, yeah. So they do have, like... They've had a very stable squad the last couple of years when they got promoted from the FQPL into the NPLN last year. Some of those players have been announced that I mentioned. Some of them haven't. We assume they're all probably still there, but we just can't talk about it at the moment because it's not confirmed. We're trying to focus on players that have been confirmed. Yeah, we'll stick with what we know rather than pretend to cover things we're not 100% sure on because, well, that's how we look like idiots and, quite frankly, it's my job to look like an idiot here, not yours. We're good enough at that anyway. There we go. Okay, uh, so we're going to move on now. Redlands United... Um, Jordan Manning uh, recovery project came into full effect last season and it was good enough for them to get through what to survive but they have lost a few of those players that were quite important for them including probably most notably Lathan Dunn who is headed back up north to Magpies Crusaders. He is and we made the joke on our NPL Sunday show last year James that the new walkout song at the Cleveland Showgrounds should be the great escape because they <laughs> become the masters of it and, but, and they did it once again last year you're right Lathan Dunn he is gone he's a big loss but they picked up a few more experienced players this year, which Logan is some, trio. Absolutely, it's three players that Richard Greer will know from his time as an assistant at Logan. So he's gone with what he knows is in his first opportunity as a head coach. But they've gone for more experienced players, which could actually benefit them a bit because the one thing they have lacked over the years is experience throughout their side. The thing, the team, the team that did win the NPL a few years ago and did well in the cup when they beat Adelaide, that was a very experienced squad. Since then, they've gone with. A lot of younger players, and they've still got those young players there. But having a bit of experience with them might actually help them a bit. Yeah, I think yeah, Richard Grizz have gone a different approach. You know, obviously, yeah, very experienced assistant yeah. at not only at Logan but Morton Bay as well. Um, and like I said, he's sort of gone and picked up players that were sort of fringe players yeah. for you know, I guess you know, at clubs like successful clubs like Logan like Morton Bay and sort of, you know, try to integrate them in the squad. But also as well, I think a few of their retentions, I think, were also, are also so very shrewd. Uh, Shudo Kobayama coming back, um, he's probably lost sort of a little bit of his aura as far as we thought he was a goal-scoring machine probably about two or three years ago. But he's still capable of, you know, yeah. of, of putting away a few goals. Um, and also Rio Moto, who we were very impressed with uh, yeah. last season. If it were, like, Lathan Dunn was probably the standout star of the, you know, of the, I guess, the... the uh, Recovery, um, but yeah, Rio Amato we thought was was, um, was pretty good. So so yeah, they've, they've got a very workable team. Again, 
can't see them challenging for um, for you know finals or sort of even sort of getting close there. But you know, I think that I think they might have a squad that you know that might if they if they stay together and they're sort of it's all harmonious and they sort of you know don't be beset with too many injuries. I think they can probably be um, aimed for mid table. You mentioned Richard Gurry, he was the assistant under Royce Brownlee, so hopefully we might be able to see another attacking-minded football coach along with the entertainment that Royce Brownlee provides on the side. If you can get both of those things down there at Redlands, it'll make the league even more entertaining, James. Definitely, and uh, I'm sure we're all looking forward to a trip out to the Cleveland showgrounds when it suddenly turns into an Arctic breeze in no, mid-March. No, I'm going in the next couple of weeks and getting that, ticking that <laughs> box very early. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, so that's Redlands. Now, the club that I feel like is poised to make the biggest leap this year is Gold Coast United. Fair to say 11th place last year. Massive disappointment for the men's side, while the uh, NPL yeah. women's team came away as uh, premiers of their competition. But they've really, really lit the fire for what should be a pair of fantastic Gold Coast derbies this season by signing uh, from the top Grey Piddick. Yeah, that's the that's the move I think everyone wanted to see happen was when Gray left Gold Coast Knights, where everyone was thinking, I hope he goes to Gold Coast United and ignites them the way he did Knights before then, and obviously Palm Beach, so it's Gold Coast City. So he's the only coach who's won the competition twice with two different clubs. So if he can do that with Gold Coast United, I'll make the competition even better. They've added a few players, James. I don't, I, don't, I think they've a bit of experience. They've got Reese Lambert, Paul O'Brien. Alex Tabillion in, but I think they're going to rely heavily as well on the young talent that they have been bringing through at that club for the last couple of years because they've put a heavy emphasis on the academy in the last couple of years. We saw what Zahi Addis did last year as a young defender. He Hopefully they can all step forward. And while they've got the experience around them, I think that the young kids might be the players to keep an eye on this year. Um, and also, uh, two players have been announced just in the last 24 or so hours. Of course I have. Yeah, defender Jacob Williams, um, or defensive-minded player, who has played with the Jets and Western Sydney Wanderers youth sides before establishing himself in the Victorian NPL, where he spent several seasons with the highest top-level clubs. That's a direct quote from their social accounts. And also, a familiar player uh, in, from uh, Piddick's time at Gold Coast Knights, Adam Ondine, who looked... In a proper, you know, bit of uh, stroking, stroking the flames of the rivalry, the photo of Adam on Dean bears no mention of Gold Coast Knights. <laughs> it actually looks like they've scrubbed out the logo and everything of the photo. So, look, bring it on, I say. That's what that's what we really need down on the Gold Coast is just a proper derby and both sides really going for it. Absolutely, and they'll add tremendous bit of spice. But so will Jared Kyle, who is now joining up with. Gray Piddick once again. We've, we've followed him from Gold Coast Knights to Gold Coast United. So that front third now, James, is going to have the old Gold Coast Knights combination or in Gold Coast City combination of Sam Smith and Jared Kyle. But it'll also have Shane Smeltz in there. We saw what he did in the games he did play last year. He was regularly on the goals scoring sheet. So having those three guys up front could be... It should be goals down there at, at Coppola Family Sports Park this year with those three. You have to imagine so. Yeah, absolutely. I think the one thing as well, uh, at the other end of the pitch as well, I think for Gold Coast United, um, obviously they they lost uh, Aidan Munford, who I thought was yeah. probably, you know, probably the, probably the best goalkeeper um, in NPL as far as sort of, you know, sort of consistency, um, I guess, outside of the top four. Um, he, he's off, he's gone to uh, Wollongong Wolves. Uh, and and uh, they've, brought, they've brought back a player uh, that, 
that Gray Pittick would know very well. And Ryan Mescal, um back in from his Palm Beach days, so he went off to uh, the he went off to college in the US uh, to be to chase his dreams of um, being an NFL punter, I do believe. So, but he but he's, he's come back and look what, what we knew of him you know, as a young player. Uh, he was he was a very very talented keeper, and I think obviously um, Gray sort of bring a you know obviously. Uh, he's come back and I think he'll go well this season. So let me get this straight. He's gone from the Gold Coast to Hawaii and back to the Gold Coast. Gee, I wonder what sort of uh, climate he loves living in. (laughs) It's not bad, is it? It's a fantastic gig if you can get it as well. It certainly is. Yeah. Um, All right. So that's Gold Coast uh, United. Yeah, there's a lot to like about what this side... Do you expect they're going to make a big jump this year? Because they, yes. they kind of have to, don't they? they with what to. they've brought in. I, th- I think so. That you know, they 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 probably of all the sort of local clubs, they have been probably the most outspoken about their ambitions to be yeah. playing in the A League. Um, you know, at least national second division. But it's all well and good to say that, but you've actually got to put the product on the pitch. Yeah. And I think this is a very very important season. Look, I think they've got the squad to do it, and I think they've got the coach to do it. Yeah. We'll just you see what happens. Top four, top six. What do you? We'll do our predictions later. Okay, okay. Um, What we are going to do now, though, is move on to another side that, you know, only just survived last year, it's fair to say, and has really made quite a few changes heading into this season. That is the Capalabar Bulldogs. I think they're technically my local club because they're about 10 minutes away from where we're recording right now. That's what AC Karina would have to say about that. Well, they're not in the NPL, are they? (laughs) They are in the fourth round. Of the FFA Cup, yes. Anyway, um, David Booth stepped down, um, and they've lost Sam Langley, Alex Warrillow, Scott Colson, Rio Ono, and Reese Lambert. Some of those players we have talked about already, but let's talk about some of the additions. Scott, who's yeah. caught your eye? Well, first, they have lost the front four, which was so dynamic last year. You mentioned the three. They also lost Stuart Edgar, we believe, so back to Victoria. So that front four was so, so deadly, but they've replaced them with some players who... Are very experienced, James. They're not experienced in terms of the MPL, but they're very experienced in terms of the BPL or the FQPL. So I think, well, they well, they may not necessarily have MPL experience. They've got players who will come in and do a job, and I think that's what they're going to be. They're going to be the sort of team who, at their best, they make it hard for you. They're going to be tough. They're going to be competitive at their best. And I think, I think there's, I just, there's enough there to say that if they play to their best, they could potentially scrap their way to survival once again, but It'll certainly be a long road to go. They've brought in Aaron Midden from from Brisbane City. They've got, I believe, they've got Kato Aochi in from, I think he was at South last year from memory. But I, uh, I've heard from a couple of yeah. places that Kato Aochi is at yeah. Capella Balatun. He, we know what he can do in terms of leading a front line and being a regular threat on the on the score. So if that if that is true and he is there, that's a massive impact. But they picked up Matt Gordon as well. So look, they've got experienced players, James. Yeah. It's just, is there enough there to get them over the line quality-wise? Yeah, I think that's going to be the, the big question about Capella Bar is, you know, do they do they have enough, you know, quality experienced players to be able to sort of match up with some of the other sides? And look, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be tough for them, there's no doubt about it. But, you know, like, you have an experienced player like Kato Oichi, and if he, um, if he sort of gets, gets you know, starts scoring goals, so he'll, you know, he'll lead the side. But, uh, yeah, I, I just question whether they've got enough... Uh, Scott, what was that? Nothing. Oh, okay. Um, Never mind me, just getting distracted. Um, I I honestly feel like for Capalabar, their first and foremost goal this year is going to be make sure that they're at least the 12th best team. For them, survival is going to probably be 
just enough, just enough, yeah. and then maybe try and restock because we have seen for both their men's and women's team a little bit of a change in approach overall. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm landing on Capalaba. Um, instead of taking another break, now we are going to roll on and talk about. Well, officially, I'm calling this the newcomer segment, even though it is <laughs> partly the returning uh, Magpies yeah. Crusaders side as well. And Tom Ballantyne has yeah. took over. Look. There's not a whole lot that they can really say yeah. about their season last year. Forced to play in the Kai Premier League. Yeah. And it does sound like a lot of the players that they brought in have like been happy to stick around for season 21. They have. And they did play a lot of the younger players in that competition last year in the Mackay Premier League. So they gave those players the opportunity to develop. It's a tough one for Tom Valentine. He came from South Australia and he played four or five games. And then all of a sudden the league shuts down for three months. He's been watching it. So... You'd be able to get some sort of gauge of what the league standard is, but he hasn't been able to compete in it until now. And I think people are sleeping on what they've got in terms of that's got Jordy Vlugels is one of the more credentialed players in this competition. What he is as a 24, 25-year-old Belgian youth international, I believe. So he's someone to certainly keep an eye on. Latham Dunn, that Adam mentioned, scored goals for fun for Redlands at the back end of the season. He's gone back up there. And they've got Kyron Walters, who was a, he's a young player who's gradually progressed through through his development with the NPL, started in North Queensland United, moved to Mackay, actually trained with the Brisbane Raw last year when they were up in Mackay for the weekend, I believe. Came on in the second half in that game. So they've got some players here to keep an eye on. They've got a lot of players in the front third as well who they're going to try and mix and match what the best combination is. So they want to keep an eye on. They may not necessarily be the pushovers that people expect them to be. I think for them, the um, I think home field... Yeah. Advantage, I think, is going to it's going to be crucial. If they're going to survive. Um, yeah, they, they need to they need to win at home. That's that's probably that's probably you know priority number one for them. But look, as far as their squad goes, like I think they've got some really good players. As you said, uh, Jordy Vugels, um, Kyron Walters, and yeah. um, and uh, Lathan Dunn. I think that that's going to be you know. Another pairing, I think, you know, attacking pairing to watch. But also as well, um, Josh Addo, as well, from Avondale in Victoria. I Not think, the Melbourne Storm. Well, I'll see, I did put a petition, can we call him the Fox as well? So, <laughs> Or the fast car. If he's as quick, it's a great weapon to have. Yeah, mm. but uh, look, it's, it's hard to line up the form right now. Um, I don't know if they can do what Gold Coast Knights did in, in their sort of gap year between um, being in entered into the NPL, sort of, you know, going, playing in the local league, you know, dominating that, then, you know, coming up and playing in the NPL. I don't know if the relative strength of the Mackay Premier League is conducive to that, but look, I certainly, I think first things first, they've got to win their home games, yeah. make their fortress, and then let's see what the rest go, especially when they come down. But they've certainly got a squad that probably, yeah. you know, could, you know, really, could match it up at least, you know, in terms of, you know, retain, retain their um, NPL status. It's a good facility they've got up there as well at Solid Jinkanova with uh, the new grandstand they built at the at one end and they've obviously the Magpies League subs across the road. So it's a great facility they've got and it's a good playing surface. So they're certainly very fortunate to have those couple of things on on their side. I think I'd like to get up there this season at some point. Not well, a bad me, idea. Tell me both. I wouldn't mind a weekend right, away. That's it. Up. Lock that in. Done. Yeah. Okay. Magpies done. away at some point. Uh, well, the other thing as well, um, yeah, uh, there's not much more I can add beyond what you were saying there, Adam. They've got to make those home games uh, really count. Yeah. That's pretty much all they've, uh, all you can really do there is, yeah, f- find a way to um, find a way to make those games count because obviously it's going to be tough for a lot of those sides flying up day of game by the sounds of things. 
Um, one other player that uh, they have signed as well is young defender Benji Binney, who is a uh, graduate of Ipswich Grammar School. There you go. So, another GPS connection there. It is interesting, though. A lot of the teams down here in the southeast do really enjoy that trip to Mackay, particularly if they do happen to get it in July, August, when it's a lot colder down here, a yeah. chance to get up to Mackay for 24 hours, a bit warmer weather. So, well, yes, they want to make it a fortress. It's also a trip everyone looks forward to. Yeah, I know there are more than a few uh, supporter groups that are probably eyeing off a trip up north as well, especially when the FFA Cup draw for round four occurs oh, yeah. as well. Yes, I think the teams who've drawn them before about March will be cursing their luck because it'll be very hot and humid up there at the moment. Yeah, and damp. That too. Yes. Okay, let's move on to the 14th and final club uh, that we're running through uh, in part one of our preview, and that is the FQPL double winners, Logan Lightning, who have been promoted in place of Brisbane City, and Rick Coughlin, who is no relation before anyone makes that <laughs> joke. Uh, for starters, our names are spelt differently, but there's a lot... Look, well, I know I've said this quite a lot, but Logan are a fairly formidable squad, and they probably played one of the best games I've seen all uh, last season in that FQPL. They just played absolutely just ballistic uh, first half against Wynnum Wolves that finished, I think it was 3-1 in the end, but they can play at a pace that few teams are really able to match. Yeah, we said it's sort of, you know, it's sort of a wrapping up the FQPL grand final, um, that, that this Logan side, it didn't really, they didn't really have to do too much to, you know, take that step from FQPL up to MPL. They're probably playing, the squad is playing a standard, which would say comfortably would land them probably in the middle of, you know, of MPL. And look, uh, the relative recruiting as well as retaining a core of that aside from yeah. last season, I think it, it probably sees them probably, you know, be all being well on that, you know, for getting injured, taking 9K injuries. I think that they, they'll they be pretty much right as far as, you know, competing as well at that level. What actually happens throughout the season, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll find out. But, uh, yeah, also, all indications, at least on paper, suggest that, you know, they, they should be, you know, in MPL at least uh, for the next season. And they have added a couple of players to that team, which is always really important. You don't just want to bring up the exact same squad that won you the competition the year before at a lower level. They've added in Ryan Palmer, who is... We've talked about him before with the strikers, what a loss he is for them. And Carter Glockner as well. They're both two experienced players who've played in big matches in the NPL. So Every that's a couple of players... NPL experience. Absolutely. And that's important for because this Logan Lightning squad, prior to those players that they added, had next to none. Adam Edgar had a bit with Brisbane City and Olympic, but apart from that, most of them hadn't played at the MPL level, so having that bit of experience will help them. I agree, it's a pretty stable squad. The only players they lost were the players that went down to to um, Redlands with Richard, so apart from that, they've kept pretty much the same group and added a couple to it, so they look like they're going to be pretty, pretty solidly mid-table to me. Definitely, and I do feel like one thing that I've learned watching these fixtures over the last little while is I feel like the gap between the top of FQPL and the bottom of NQ of NPL, well NQPL, whatever you want to call yeah. it, um, isn't isn't all that big either. So I, I feel like the gap isn't. It's not going to be too big of a transition. I just think Logan's probably going to have to try and find the games to make sure they're picking up the necessary points yeah. to survive. All right, we've run through all fourteen clubs. We're going to take a quick break and. Uh, run you through some of the highlights of our interviews with the clubs we've just talked about and then come back with our season predictions on the Brisbane Football Review. 
I'm now joined on our NPL season preview special by the head coach of Sunshine Coast Wanderers, Paul Arneson. Uh, how important is it for, uh, for Ballinger Park to be a fortress for you guys? Yeah, dead, deadly, you're deadly right. Uh, you know, if we can make Ballinger Park, you know, a tough place for, for teams to come on a Sunday afternoon, um, you know, it's, it's you know, it's a nice little tight pitch. So, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully try and make, I'm sure every team says the same, you know, try and win your home games and try and pick up as many points as you can on, on the road. We're no different, you know, but... Um, our, as I say, our home venue uh, and our home fortress, if we can make it that, is, is massively important to us. So, you know, as I say, we start off to first league game at home against Kapalabar. You know, we'll be looking to get the three points. But again, so will Kapalabar. They'll be going out to get the three points um, and try and get off to a good start. Joined now on the season for by the coach of Gold Coast United, Gray Pete. Great thanks for talking to us once again. Yeah, no problem. Uh, great to be having a chat. Absolutely. How are you doing the new role at Gold Coast United? That's your first year at the new club. Yeah, look, uh, everything has been you know, travelling quite well uh, of late. Um, always when you get you know, get to a new club, you want to be able to put your stamp on things. And, and you know, I've been allowed to do that, which has been great. You know, support from, from the club and the people involved so far has been great. And, and the team itself... Um, you know, I've been quite impressed with, with how they've trained and how they've played in pre-season so far. So, looking forward to the season starting. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned Latham Dunner. He was in tremendous form for Redlands at the back end of last season. Obviously, be hoping he can bring some of that back to Solid Lincoln Oval this year. Yeah, of course. Um, he did really well. He obviously had a positional change down there as well. They moved him further up the field. So, we've kind of with that and continue to develop him in that role um, it was very raw obviously for Redlands I think they just kind of let him use his pace and his power almost do what he wanted to where we play with a bit more restrict style so we've been having to work on a few little things with him um, but he's he's scored a goal in, in every one of the pre-season games so far and he's doing really well very pleased to be joined by the coach Richard Greer. How have you gone about having the side firing ahead of round one? Good. It's 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 new new faces, new coaches. We've just we've been focusing on us and we'll be one of the adopt this season. Um, just just focusing on us and then hopefully that will that will turn into a season and will be the best it can be and going for most teams and making surprise a few people. Okay, we are closing in on the end of the Brisbane Football Review NPL season preview part one. And all that's really left for us to do is offer up the season predictions that I'm sure will not be held against us by any of the clubs uh, as the season <laughs> goes along. I'll tell you, this will determine who speaks to us and who doesn't speak to us, doesn't it? Yeah, I did yeah. I did like um, hearing from some of the Lions uh, <laughs> officials say, I can't believe you picked us to finish fifth. And um, yeah, thankfully, thankfully they all took it in good humour. So that's all, that's all it really can do. But um, yeah, there's... A lot to look at. So what we're going to run through in this segment, uh, our ladder predictions, which will include um, relegation and whatnot, and also possibly just a couple of storylines that we're following for this coming season. Scott, yes, you're looking nice and eager. Let's oh, hear your... Great, thank you very much for this. Let's hear your ladder prediction. All right, I'll go, I'll go bottom to top. Yep. 14th Capalaba. Yep. 13th Brisbane Strikers. 12th Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Okay. So that's the three. A bit of life. That's, Come on. that's the three who are going. Down. I don't want to sound happy that they're going down. <laughs> I'll oh, get happier yeah. as we get to the top. We start talking about better news stories. All right. So Redlands eleventh, 
Magpies Crusaders in 10th, Logan Lightning 9th, Eastern Suburbs in 8th, Gold Coast United in 7th, Brisbane Raw Academy in 6th, Moreton Bay 5th, Gold Coast Knights 4th, Olympic 3rd, Lions 2nd, Power 1st. I'll go through it quickly here. To me, those three at the bottom, they are the three that I just can't put any higher up based on the knowledge I have currently. I will say a caveat. If Sunshine Coast have retained Mitch Cooper and Tyson, so that will move up, but at the moment, I, they're not there, so I can't put them any higher. The midfield pack, to me, is going to be incredibly close. I just I have to see somebody knock off one of the top four and get into there before I truly believe it's going to happen. And of that top four, I think Peninsula Power have the best squad. We talked about earlier, they've got two players for every position. You can see how they all fit together. To me, they start favourites. Adam. Alrighty, so I'll do the same as Scott and go from 14 to 1. So 14th place, Kapalabar, 13th Brisbane Strikers, 12th Redlands. So their teams are going down, in my opinion. Um, in 11th, I have Sunshine Coast Wanderers, 10th Logan, 9th Magpies, Magpies Crusaders, Ninth, uh, sorry, in 8th is East, 7th Gold Coast United, 6th Gold Coast Knights, and fifth, uh, Raw Academy. And top four I've, is Morton Bay United in fourth, Lions in third, Olympic in second. And I agree that Peninsula Power, I think, will retain their premiership. Um, look, the same as far as yeah, the basis on um, power. So, uh, weird all, I think, yeah, I think they've got the best squad. I think if it's possible, they've actually improved their squad from uh, last season. I think yeah, the additions... Just the experience of having you know, Michael McGowan and Jake McLean coming to the side. You know, Andy Pangeli, I think he's going to be better than, than ever. I think uh, he's, he's going to score a few goals this season. And, yeah, I think that they're going to they're gonna be, you know, very, very tough to beat. At the other other end of the table, yeah, I, look, I seem to agree that you know, I think Kapalabar strikers, um, yeah, based on current Evans, I just don't know if they've got the... Um, They've got the, the cattle to be able to sort of you know, match it with some of these other clubs um, for the full season. Uh, look, I think Redlands will be unlucky if they go down. I just think, again, I think maybe it was one escape too many. I think you know, a season in FQPL may may not hurt them as, as a club. But, you know, look, I think anywhere from about, you know, about fifth down to twelfth, I think it could be anyone's. Um, I think it's that close. Your constituents will be very happy, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> I'm actually going to make a late very late change now Uh-oh. because truth be told I actually forgot that it was three teams down I thought it was only two um, so I'm going to follow the same pattern that you guys did um, I've got strikers in 14th I think they just I think they're going through a full rebuild year and this is probably going to be the way they're going to go about it Kapalabar in 13th originally I had Magpies Crusaders in 12th but I do think they're going to be able to survive which means I've put Redlands in 12th and Magpies Crusaders up to 11th. So just ignore the photo I sent you guys on Messenger there. Um, 10th place, I've got the Roar Academy. I think their depth is going to be really tested this season because I get the feeling Warren Moon is going to be calling on a lot of his top-line players. As uh, I am now going to get banned from just about every Brisbane Roar game going forward. Uh, 9th, Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Could be higher, could be lower, depends purely on their recruitment. Eighth, Logan Lightning, solid but unspectacular. Um, seventh, I've got East. I'm going to put quite a bit of faith in the NPL experience that they've got. Uh, sixth, I've got Gold Coast Knights. Mm-hmm. 
as I see you two exchanging messages on the other side of the table. Fifth, Morton Bay, close but not close enough. I think they're going to just probably concede a few too yeah. many goals to really be uh, really make that yeah. difference. Difference. Fourth place, Gold Coast United. I think they're going to make that big step up. You're going to have a very, very, very motivated Gray Piddick, and he's going to have that side fit and firing for round one. Third place, Lions. I think they'll happily do what they did last year again if they if given the chance. Two, Olympic. And look, it's hard to write off Penn Power for anything other than the Premiership at the moment. They're just looking far and away like the best side in NPL Queensland. So, those are my ladder predictions. Now, Scott, yes. what's one thing you can guarantee that will happen this season? I think that there's a big rebuild going at the Brisbane Strikes. I think that's going to be a massive, massive story if they do go down. That's going to be a massive story. They were a, a story club in the NPL up here. James, they're a club that people interstate know of, and when they talk about the NPL in Queensland, they talk about the Strikers all the time. So I think that if if and when they do go down, that'll be a massive story. Yeah, definitely. Um, then, Adam, what's one thing you're going to guarantee for this season? Look, I think um, I think what a lot of people, I think fans will be looking out for, I think the Gold Coast Derby are going to be absolute fire. I think there, I think there is a lot on the on the line. Um, I think. In a lot of ways, I think the the home and the home and away leagues, the return leagues, or the Gold Coast derbies, I think they're they're going to be talking points. Um, and look, and hopefully for good reasons. I think it's going to be excellent football. I think you've got two good squads assembled. And as as they say, with all sort of you know, big derbies, is that you know form form goes out the window. It's just, it's all about the ninety minutes that are within in that game. And I think that will be um, a story in itself. Definitely. All right. The one thing that I'm going to guarantee we get. From this season, rain impacted round one. It is you can almost set your watch to it. So, uh, weekend of March fifth, sixth, seventh. Stick your neck out. Come on, that's too. That's easy. What, no. I'm saying that's the one thing I can guarantee for this season. Now, my bold prediction for this season: Olympic are going to win the grand final. They're going to defeat Gold Coast. Not uh, Gold Coast United. I beg your pardon. After United upsets Pen Power in the in the semi final as uh, Olympic also get by not, get by Lions, and Olympic finally break through with a brace from Jez Lofthouse. So that's my bold prediction. Scott, what's yours? That there will be five teams in the relegation battle on the final day. Right, and they will, it will come down to that final day between four or five teams. We saw a bit of it last year with Brisbane City and Kapalabar to a degree. I think we're going to see it even further this year. Actually, I'll actually go to the opposite end um, of the table. I think there actually will be uh, five teams playing out for four spots coming to the final round at the top end of the table. Who gets the fi- who gets the finals? Like, uh, certainly, I, I do I do really strongly feel as though the monopoly is about to end as far as the top four. I think it's going to be a, you know, a big five or six. Um, and I reckon that it will be it'll come down to the final weeks yeah. of the season. Um, I do hope that happens because it's, as good as that top four has been yeah. the last couple of years, yep. we do want some new names to get in there. Yeah, well, that's part of that's I suppose one other discussion point I really wanted to touch on before we wrap things up here. And for me, the big yeah, the big thing is as far down as Sunshine Coast Wanderers, who I've got in ninth place, I can see just about every single one of those teams uh, trying to compete uh, for the top four and there's a whole lot that could go one way or the other it's going to come down to you know form getting the right results at the right time and let's be honest it's football getting a little bit of luck as well 
you know, meeting teams at the right time. So before we uh, wrap up for the time being, I'm wondering if I can get a little bit of help from one of you two because I'm trying to bring up the round one fixtures and my computer has decided that it just doesn't want to load. Could just be a web browser. I'll tell you, it begins on the Friday night when you've got the Foundation Cup between the MPL Premier Peninsula Power and the FQPL Premier Logan Lightning up at AJ Kelly Park in Redcliffe. That's a standalone game on the Friday night. It is a regular league game, James, but it's going to have penalties at the end of it, if there is a draw, because there's a trophy on the line, so well, if it does end in a draw, it'll be a point each. They will play a penalty shootout to determine who takes home the cup. So did win that in the first year of that. It was a, a stunning really, upset. A, on, absolutely, a massive win at Lions. Which I would also like to point out was the first um, bit of commentary I did for Football Queensland, helping out uh, the one and only Rafe Griffin, who has been uh, quite helpful over the last couple of years teaching me, well... Saying, no, don't do that. Yes. To go to football Queensland commentary. Yes. And that's it just Close second, Simon Smale. Yeah. Yes. And continuing the round one fixtures on the Saturday, we have Lions FC versus Gold Coast Knights at Lions Stadium. 7 p.m. kickoff there. Um, that incidentally clashes with uh, Brisbane Raw v Sydney FC. Well, it's an um, hour after full time. It's an yeah, unfortunate shame, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, is, it is a shame. Um, but like I said, MPL TV is your friend. And also as well, we also have Brisbane Strikers and Magpies Crusaders at, Perry, at, at Parc de Paris at 7pm on that Saturday as well. And then on Sunday, uh, Morton Bay United v Redlands at Walter Park. Uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers v Capalabar at Ballinger Park, uh, 4 o'clock, 4.15 kickoff respectively. And then a big game at Goodwin Park to kick off the season uh, that Sunday will be Olympic v Gold Coast United, 6 p.m. kickoff, and Eastern Suburbs and Brisbane Raw Academy at 6 p.m. at Heath Park as well, which will round out a very, very big round one of MPL Queensland 2001. There we go. And we cannot wait for the season to continue, but we've got a whole lot more Brisbane Football Review content coming up for you. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for part two of our preview, which is going to be interviews with all the clubs that we've been able to line up, interviews with, we should say, once again, huge thank you to Football Queensland for helping us get in touch with those clubs and the clubs themselves for cooperating. We obviously very much appreciate the help and hopefully you guys are enjoying our coverage all season long on the Brisbane Football Review. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, thanks, uh, James. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Looking forward to another long season ahead, which should be another good one. Hopefully not too long, though. No delays. Let's just get this season It cannot in. be more crazy than last year. That's actually impossible. You had to jinx it, didn't it's, you? It is. It's just, it can't, it can't be more crazy. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap up here. It's been a very long recording evening for us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Stay tuned for a whole lot more football content here on the Brisbane Football Review. We'll talk to you later.